I started sailing and like, I was like working on sailboats, like in Panama and shit. Like I just like did a lot of random things, like kind of to like soul search and stuff like that. I got an opportunity to take a year off. But anyways, one of the girls I was sailing with worked with horses and autistic, like autism and autistic kids to help them like identify, um, nonverbal signals. And so I learned about like this horse culture dynamic. And so every horse group has like, like the same five, um, like hierarchy roles. And I forget all of them, but there's like a nurturer, uh, immature dominant and a mature dominant. And this is like all horses and the immature dominance role is to like go to every other horse and like the horse group and like start shit and just like start conflict and like fuck <laughs> with everybody. And like, eventually everyone's so confused that they step into the role of the mature dominant and then they take over and then suddenly they're mature and like can rule, you know, over everyone in a fair and just way, but they get there by fucking with everyone. And it's just, I keep thinking about <laughs> that when I see our leader right now. Darwin. You're gonna say, oh wow, Darwin's trolling me. Because Darwin, your shit deserves to be defended. Do you not believe in the idea of GDP and aggregate demand? Yes, you are a hundred percent wrong here. I know you don't like I'm it. Telling you, I'm telling you to start thinking about reality and not what you want to be true. <laughs> Welcome to Lofty Darwinism. Uh, we have our old, old, not not she is old, but from the past uh, <laughs> old podcasting buddy from 2014, our third episode. Wow. I think you may have been our first guest, Carrie. I think you may have been our very Probably first guest. Probably our first guest. No, wait, or would we, like, I can't 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure. It's got to be pretty close. Hard to beat number three. We, we talked about an article from the Daily Beast about a book from 1929 that discussed the, you know, the decline of expertise and the rise of like popular information ruling the day. And I need to go, but it just, it, as I was listening, I was like, well, that just got more and more prescient. <laughs> um, yeah. Boy, from 2014, we had a lot to say about that, but I mean, you know, like, and then Carrie was just rooting through our archives, I suppose, and called it up and was like, oh my God. You know, and it's not even like it's not even on our podcast feed right now. I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if like it maybe cuts off. They're only going to give you so much. Yeah, they're definitely like you're you're only going to get so much of their space for that. I think. Yeah, which um, which is crazy. Carrie, welcome. Update us with what you've been up to since 2014. Thank you. Oh my god! Again, I'm like so honored to be on. Um, like honestly, 2014. That was so long ago, guys. Like, damn, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, a lot has happened. happened. Yeah, you are still in my twenties. Coming from the the past to tell us about how much people dislike experts. So we, I think we can call you our anti-expert analyst. Is that? Sure, I'll take it. You know, it's funny too because now we have like this video element. I was like, should I like cover up? Like, I don't know. Like, this is weird. But I was like, no, actually, because we're talking about expert versus like peer commentary, I was like, I'll just be myself. Because like, even at work, I'll like you know try and be more professional and shit like that to like be an expert. And um, we're talking about peers like being more influential. So I'm just gonna like rock it, my, my Florida Keys look. But, yeah, um, nice, nice. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like like many people, Carrie was in California until she wasn't this year. So, Carrie, tell us about what you were doing in California and what brought you here. 
That trajectory. Well, yeah, right after we did that podcast, uh, if you remember, I got kind of recruited up to the Bay Area to do editing work. And for the last six years, I've been in the Bay Area. I just kept getting different jobs up there, and it's all tech, too. So um, I, I landed at Salesforce. I'm at, like, you know, the the, the big tower in the city. I was working in, like, the big tower in the city, Metropolis. Nice to the max and then the pandemic happened and like everybody in the city it's like the most expensive place to rent in the united states it was like a mass exodus guy like literally everyone's just like in these tiny little boxes and like in quarantine we're like oh my get me get me out you know <laughs> so i was the first one to like kind of like GTFO. And I, I, I got into diving in the last three years. So I picked the only place in the United States where I could drive to that has a coral reef, which is here. So that's, that's awesome. And you're in the Florida Keys. I am. I'm right in the middle. Isla Mirada. That's awesome. <laughs> so what I think that's really interesting on a lot of levels. Um, you know, you're like you're t you're still working for Salesforce yeah uh, or not I am right now that's amazing because here's the thing like what happened is the single greatest generation of wealth in history maybe outside of New York and arguably faster than New York has happened in the last 40 years in that area and we might actually be able to fraction off some of that wealth which you're part of by having a, a you know a job that can let you work from anywhere across the country for a while and that would be a very I think a very positive part of this pandemic is to actually take those incomes, allow those people to live in a lot of different places, spread that wealth around, spread that ability to, you know, spend it around, right? Because how far does your dollar go in San Francisco versus Florida? You know, it's, it's wild, probably difference. <laughs> it's a world of difference. I think you're right. Like this is, this is the, the beginning of like a new paradigm. I think I truly think like someone said the other day, it was like BC before COVID. It's going to be like <laughs> before COVID from now on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And also before Trump, you know, like, which is the other hilarious thing about 2014, like the last year that we could kind of imagine politics to be something that was non-Trumpian, you know, and I, I just I, as I was reading that article and listening to our episode, I was like, my God, like that article predicted and that book, I guess, predicted what Trump represented was this massive um, revolt against expertise, you know, and, and I mean, come on, has there, is there any story about 2020 more on the nose than people really hate experts? That's what that article said. The masses hate experts. Like, do you guys get that read on the human race right now? Yeah, we're not huge fans of it for sure. <laughs> I'd say we're, we're having some trouble, trouble dealing at the very least. Um, but it's also, we don't, we need to redefine what expert means. Like we need like experts are, Hey, who's going to be our best guessers. Right. And like, they're the people who have done the most research are getting as close to useful wrong as we can get. Right. And that's the only hope we have for experts because truthfully, none of us know the future. And every time we do something, we kind of, we change it. We change our, our world. And, and I, if this pandemic has taught me anything or, or reinforced anything, if not taught it to me, it is that like, we need to communicate what expert means more often. And like the, this is our best guess in a way that matters. Like, yeah, could we be wrong? But 70% right is an important amount to be right about. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, and you got to deal with the wrong parts, but man, like we discount experts because we think that means perfect. And that's just wrong. 
Yeah, well, yeah. especially in the age of information where you can get any anyone under the sun to verify your, you know, incorrect data. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the election was stolen, right? You know, like it's, it, people have just yeah, – I, I say it and so it's true, you know, and I, I feel like that – like Trump Trump was – I mean as we're leaving the Trump era, I, I what I liked about having you on today of all days – like, I just wanted to get you on. I was like, okay, you reached out, you know, let's let's have her on six years later. But it's so funny that the episode was about expertise and, like, the first pro- post-Trump political drama that happens is this kind of, you know, like, ranging about Dr. Jill Biden versus is she really a doctor kind of thing, you know? Like, um, a lot of people are gotten have gotten really hopping mad about this this subject. I'd rather talk about cancel culture. Jesus, <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay, Sorry. It can I actually stupid. bring I'm something up? This is, like, super weird. So, like, part of my trajectory in the last six years was I started sailing and, like, I was, like, working on sailboats, like, in Panama and shit. Like, I just, like, did a lot of random things, like, kind of, to, like, soul search and stuff like that. I got an opportunity to take a year off. But anyways, one of the girls I was sailing with worked with horses and autistic like autism and autistic kids to help them like identify um, nonverbal signals and so I learned about like this horse culture dynamic and so every horse group has like like the same five um, like hierarchy roles and I forget all of them but there's like a nurturer uh, immature dominant and a mature dominant and this is like all horses and the immature dominant's role is to like go to every other horse in like the horse group and like start shit and just like start conflict and like fuck with everybody (laughs) and like eventually everyone's so confused that they step into the role of the mature dominant and then they take over and then suddenly they're mature and like can rule you know over everyone in a fair and just way but they get there by fucking with everyone and it's just I keep thinking about (laughs) that when I see our leader right now wow that is that is a really funny uh that's really funny so 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 when you think about that like Who's who's the the horse that's going around fucking with people in this scenario? It's our leader. Like that's how he I, that's how he stepped into power is by discrediting the media, discrediting all of his opponents. It's like which which thing he's saying is a jab or is correct. Like we can't tell, so there's no upper. It's like we're like so turned around that we don't know which way to look, and so there, we can't trust a goddamn thing. And I, that makes wow. a lot of sense. I feel like it's you're that's part of if we're. Let's. I think our nation is going through a maturing process, right? As as a as a as a country, right? We talk. We are a young country when we talk about being a global power or anything, right? And yeah, we're in like we were in our teens, and we got to win a war in our teens and late twenties, right? Like, and we're like thinking like a decade is ten, you know, ten years being one year of human life to some degree as a country, and like, you know. I was an idiot in my mid twenties. Like I, 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 like I mean, I was dumb as a teenager, but there were guardrails, right? And in society, we had put guardrails around ourselves, or and we were so uh, you know big and strong as a country that we could get through stuff, and people didn't take us too seriously. And then we came out and won, and did you know, a bunch of shit, and now we're like really immature with that with that win, like on a big level. And internally, someone has to like. We got to grow, man. Like, we didn't go to war, Darwin, so there's nothing to mature us like that. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure that's the best way to mature, but what does that for our society, right? Like, what makes us say we're going to be adults, we're going to sacrifice when necessary, and we're going to think about the bigger picture, right? Because we get to govern ourselves. 
And I, I hope this is part of that. And maybe the horse is asked in, in, in the presidency, as your analogy so really well gets at, <laughs> it's part of that process, you know? I, I also feel like, just looking at the two of you, like, we we come from, like, this really, really screwed over generation of, you know, the economic crisis of 2008 happened. I mean, we referenced it in the last episode that we did. And then we get slammed again by COVID and the economy and stuff like that. But it is kind of interesting how the three of us are all doing substantially better, I think, than we were when we recorded our last episode. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, like just, oh, yeah. just like think about your financial state that, you know, like, and, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I think I must have been six years ago, I would have been 28. So that, I mean, you know, it, it sucked. It sucked not having financial stability at that point. But I think we've all kind of gotten to a place where, you know, like we're, we're maturing. At, you know, like, or at least yeah. we're doing better, you know, and I think there's, yes. there's something to that. There's some, there's something symbolically, I think, nice about kind of like thinking about that in relationship to what you just said, Matt, about maturing, but we really need to mature fast. I think, <laughs> you know, yes. like there's, we've got more maturing yeah. to do. Right. Cause like none of the other nation states that are really in the world are founded on a set of meta principles. They're almost all founded on a set of blood, of blood and soil, right? And we are founded on a set of meta principles. And so I, there is a place for American patriotism and you know humble nationalism because of the way you know our idea like you know we should look to what England did and fix mistakes. We should look to what we've done and fix mistakes. We should look because you don't get to not, we, we have power in the world. You're not going to back away from that. Like China's economy per person is not going to catch us for a long time, right? They're going to get us on a total of basis, but per person, it's not going to be close for a while. And they don't really want it that way because that would give a lot of power to individuals in their society that they want. Like it'll get there, but, but now we have to say, how do we lead by example without dictating you know how do we not create peace through war like rome or through acting like we can put the raj in place in fucking india or believe that we can go to iraq because they're gonna bomb us first like iraq was an existential threat to us like the like the game theory of that was so bad in hindsight right like we were so freaked out by 9-11 and so sure that the self-conserving logic of like saddam hussein would have to be suicidal to attack us and we couldn't fucking just sit back and go, wait up, that's dumb. And and we just, in a continuation of that through to here, in my opinion, you know, uh, you know, but, and I don't know what to do next, but I hope we can find it. Well, I have something to, to come out in that. Yeah. Well, our, our country was founded by like a bunch of scientists fleeing like religious persecution. So like, you, you know, masonry is based on that. Like all of our founding fathers were masons and masonry was based on these European scientists that like, you know, you would get killed for like talking about the Pythagorean theorem, you know, like you get killed for talking about that stuff. So wow. that was like how but, this country was so founded. But how did they, the question is that's, uh, that's true, but then they were also surrounded by a bunch of Puritans who were taught not to think about shit and just believe in the afterlife, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
Well, and like, also the Scots Irish, yeah. you know, like the 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 you know, like the Highlanders that were cleared out of Northern Scotland, sent to Northern Ireland, which is why you have that Protestant enclave in Ireland, and then they all migrated over here after the potato famine, and the um, you know, and so so the the South, the South, which is all of our problems, it seems, is always Southerners. Oh, good God, darling. <laughs> not 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 all of our problems. No, I'm, I'm from the South. I mean, you know, like I I I love the south but my god you know like this scots irish you know ancestry has just been you know like they don't like experts you know like that's that 1929 book they like they do not like a guy who comes along and says hey i i i know shit i know this that they say go go fuck yourself and now we're in the giant middle finger episode of american history where they so So on that funny note, um, a transplant from your state has come to run the uh, Texas GOP, a man by the name of Alan West. A motherfucker, sorry, I don't like that man. I don't need to curse, he's just not worth it. But he's stupid and now he runs the Texas GOP. And he said, I think the, uh, the states in America who follow the Constitution should form a, a group of states of constitutional abiding states <laughs> and called it the CSA, which just so happens to be also the acronym for the Confederate States of America. <laughs> now, like, this former military officer, African-American military officer, head of the Texas GOP, is unintentionally, you know, p- or intentionally pitching secession under a, the same acronym as before. And I just... I, I, I don't know how much more peak 2020 we can get. And I, I don't know what to do with that guy, you know, like, or all the Trumpists. Like, how do we deal with the group of people come January 21st? Did you, did you see a lot of Trump flags around uh, the keys? Yeah. I was just thinking like, it's funny, like my whole like team that I work with and stuff, they don't really believe in Trump supporters. Cause it's like San Francisco and I'm out here like surrounded. Like I'm like the only one that's not. And it's, it's just, it's wild. Like I've perfected the art of agreeing to disagree, which is really good, mm-hmm. but it's weird. Like, I just think that, I mean, a lot of people, my dad even talked about this cause he like started out as a fiscal Republican, but thinks Trump's an idiot. And you know, like as many people, are but um he's something about like people feel disenfranchised and i get that but there's just a giant blind spot like how could you just have this giant gaping blind spot about all the fucked up shit that he does because, <laughs> well we get to, we get to live in our own world he gets to punch back at them for us but you know um today might be the day we actually get an agreement on the next stimulus package or relief package it's not stimulus it's relief right and they might actually Republicans, Democrats, both shelved their pet issue, which is state and local government uh, and liability protection, and just cut bigger checks to Americans. And you know what? That should be the solution more freaking often. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, they they have the, the money printer needs to go burr because they're lying to us, and we now know that. And like, we've all they lied to themselves too. Like, we, the federal government is our monopoly bank. And, like, they need to start making the game work. Like, Mm. the amount we get when we pass go needs to be correct. The way it works needs to be correct. And, like, we aren't – our federal government isn't thinking of it properly. We might finally get there. Like, maybe we'll get to the point where, like, you can't think about special interests. You can only hand money to the people. That would make me happy. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know if it will work. But for A, we should all push for it, (laughs) Republicans and Democrats alike, because – 
I, I'm sick of like you. Republicans are right. I can do better with my money than the federal government can. And if you're just going to print it, you owe me some. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I mean, and I, I also think that this also kind of like gets getting back to what you were touching on, Carrie. It's like the the blind spot, you know, like and and just like how can you trust what Trump does at all or, or says? But I, I also think it's easy to have blind spots in in the modern age because there's so much information, and I think that especially when you're trying to kind of like concoct a theory of society. There's a real difficulty in gauging what people actually think and what and what motivates people. And I, I feel like that was what 2020 like threw at us was like these massive protests that uh, around racial justice and coming, you know, like just a few years after the Me Too movement, there's a massive uh, rethinking of a lot of our stru- our societal norms. And I think that it's easy for, for a lot of people to assume that we've progressed further than we have or that more people agreed with us on specific issues than they did. And I think it's, it's, it's giving it, it's making it difficult for if you live in San Francisco or downtown Los Angeles, in my case, it's really hard to, 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 to know what Trump voters are thinking, even if you think you do, you know, like it, it, it's, it's hard to know what they're hearing, what, where they're getting their information. Like we have really split off into like separate realities here. And the truth is you don't want to go down those rabbit holes. <laughs> Are you sure? I feel like it's a little. It's healthy to understand like what the other, like the other side is thinking. I'm not saying you shouldn't occasionally do it. I'm saying on a daily basis, I don't want to live in that headspace. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Can right? I? So like, yeah. like I, it's it's an aversion. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we shouldn't suck it up and try to learn, <laughs> but like. I'm saying that, like, the reason we don't is because it's uncomfortable and terrible. Well, yeah, and (laughs) I I was doing that in San Francisco, and, like, I really actually thought I was, like, super righteous in a lot of ways. I was, like, working for GoPro for cause before I went over to, like, the, you know, Salesforce and stuff, and I was, like, so righteous in my beliefs. But once I got out here, I'm like, holy shit, like, these people are just people. And and actually, the movie Vice, have you guys seen it? It's about Dick Cheney and 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. It's such a great film. Like, they roll credits in the middle of the movie. It's hilarious. Yeah, I love that, it. But that part was so funny. I love that I know, so much. That didn't happen. That's not right. But um, <laughs> the part in it that, like, really sticks out in my mind, like, with everything that's going on, is the part, like when he's an intern or whatever and, and um it's, he's with Donald Rumsfeld they're, they're like buddies and something happens during the Nixon administration where like basically someone comes up and sa- and says can you remove this from the constitution which is that journalists have to fact check there's just a little line in the constitution somewhere that says journalists have to fact check they got they got it removed during the Nixon administration and that was the beginning of Fox News and so Fox <laughs> News has like from day one become like this propaganda <laughs> machine and so now look at where we are and there's actually like a formula to it there's a formula to like any okay. yeah there's go on here but you go. speaking of now we've come on a full circle which is democrats okay like i actually know a fox news journalist on the news side who is credible the news part of fox news is trying to do their best to stay as credible as possible around a torrent of bullshit and uh, and top-down orders which are changing and all that but like democrats now share fox articles that are mildly pro them because people go oh if fox 
it like it screws with your brain when Fox agrees with you or disagrees with you and vice Ooh, versa, right? Yeah. And that's also a sort of psychological, like, how are we manipulating experts? How are we manipulating our feelings about people? Why the hell does that matter? Right? Like, why does it matter that Fox News kind of agrees with me now? Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with him five minutes ago. It's just all confirmation bias. It's just, well, and, and, oh, and, I, I, yeah. and the lockdowns, I think, also made a lot of this very visceral because you had all these state leaders who were saying, stay home, don't travel. And then they would themselves go and travel. Like a, a guy, like a, who was it? Like the Austin mayor who was like in Cabo who when, when saying like, don't travel. <laughs> Like and so I think for a lot of people, you know, and and I mean, look, I I, I like it, you talk about like the gap. Like in San Francisco recently, they just passed this new uh, recommendation list of names to change for schools based on people who were no longer you know like woke or part of the movement. And one of the people they nixed was Abraham Lincoln. And what? I, 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 yes, Abraham Lincoln, and they they said it is he did not demonstrate that Black Lives Matter to him very much. I mean, the man who abolished what? slavery, you know, like and look, they they they, they do have a point. They're under under the uh, you know Lincoln administration, there was a kind of like a massacre of, of uh, Native Americans in Arizona. But you know, like that's kind of what happens when you're involved in a giant war and you can't control every faction, and six hundred thousand people die. Like that's like the idea uh, that like. That, that you can change the name of Abraham Lincoln and say, okay, well, we as a society have moved beyond Lincoln. That's where, like, our alternate realities have really are coming back to bite us. Like, we we need to come to some level where we can all get some modicum of okay. Here's what our culture is. Here's what our culture is. It's it it's it's it, it's racist, but it's not fully racist in every capacity. It's sexist, but it's not fully sexist in every capacity. We need to start congealing. Our, ourselves. Otherwise, people are just going to say, well, Why? you don't know anything. Yeah, Darwin, you're spot on. But like, again, like I'm going to say again that we're at the beginning of a new paradigm. Like, for example, my my company right now is like at the forefront of tech. And so they're calling this the fourth industrial revolution. So there was like the first two with steel and whatever. Car- yep. And then like the third one they're saying is internet. That was the third, which was we were alive for, by the way. And obviously, yeah. and then the fourth one is connectivity. So it's like we've been alive for two whole industrial revolutions we're in a new paradigm like we are the ones that are going to create this and like there's so much information being thrown at all of us like who the fuck knows how it's going to work like we just you know who knows and and we and we and we're like we're the the generation that remembers life before the internet Mm -hmm. before when dial-up showed up you know what those things were like and it's we we do i think what okay so let's discuss this without trying to be pretentious jackasses what is our responsibility to society, to America, to each other? Like, okay, we're now in our, I'm now in my 30s. I'm not calling anyone else out. I know Darwin has to be. We graduated the same year. So 35. He wasn't a child. Right? <laughs> right same boat, Right? Yeah, we're class all like almost exact same age. <laughs> right. We were the, I'm class 2004, the first group of, group to be fully in the millennial, new millennium in high school, right? That's what, it, it, what is our responsibility to leadership what is like like what is our responsibility to everyone else well and on this note i actually i i i kind of want to bring in my list of 50 as it were so since you've known me i've i've developed carrie this 
fascination with culture and art. And I came up with a list of the top 50 works of art of the decade. That was my own personal preference. I spent more than a year compiling it. And now I am compiling my list of the top 20, uh, excuse me, top 10 works of art of 2020. And I, it, to me, I, what I like about it and why I think it's important to bring it up in this context is that it really gives you a, 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 a strong understanding of the limitations of your capacity to see society, right? Because just being able to see all of the art that was created this year, even major, let's say major works of art, like top 10 box office movies, TV shows, music, all of those things, like it's almost impossible to consume society. And so I feel like when you talk about leadership, about our obligations to society, one of the things that I find really difficult to do is just to name society at all. We're kind of regressing back to a place where, you know, like we all, like like the 1920s, where we were all like in our small towns, we had like a, a local partisan newspaper that was extremely opinionated. And William Randolph Hearst kind of abolished that and sort of, you know, like bought all those up and, and ran his own empire. But like we, we're we in this space now where just the ability to share realities, to share culture, to share society is a, a Herculean effort. It's difficult to just know what's going on, whether it's informationally or culturally. Also, what does it mean to know? Like <laughs> the stuff I know is true. It, I'm, I, my, I guess I've, th- I've said this podcast, but the thing I know for certain is that everything I know is on some level wrong. Like it ha- it did that. Like there's no chance that what I know can be completely accurate. And like finding those places where you're not is the only like survival mentally that I can have. Like, and like that's sort of mm-hmm. my ethos on some level, right? You have to find those areas. You have to figure out what to know what you don't know and be aware that that's always going to exist. And, but I, but that's not a mindset that most people ever want to live in. Like mm-hmm. I talk about not wanting to live in a, in Trump world to understand them, but like most people don't want to live in that mindset. That means being uncomfortable with what's around you or being very comfortable with uncertainty at all times. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, even as you practice it, it's not always true. You're not always comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You get better with it at times, but like, I, I don't know what to expect from other people. I don't know what I should expect from them or from myself, you know, uh, to them. What is, you know, and that's, that's where I find the question. And, and so, yeah, like, you know, not to, not to completely derail us, but Carrie, what's the yeah. best work of art you've seen this year? Yeah. Um, Fuck. Uh, I don't know. Put me on the spot, why don't you? I don't Did know. you watch? Actually, do you watch Mandalorian? Actually, no. I just got my parents' okay. Disney Plus login, so I, I'll check it. Out. But um, actually, yeah. I just I, I was listening to the Strokes album. They came out with the album this year, and it like went so under under the radar because, uh-huh. and also Ali- Aliens went under the radar this year. So there's like a lot of stuff yeah, that's yeah, like that's happened. Uh, oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. So I guess I guess there's aliens. Uh- <laughs> So you like the Strokes album. That's good. You know, like, like, uh, talking to people creates society. Fundamentally, like, you said we're, like, part of the the connected, connectivity industrial revolution. Okay, well, that that allows us to talk to people. And and in conversation, you get recommendations of art and things, you know, like, you get recommendations of ideas. Um, But, I mean, that's kind of what 2020 was. Since we were all isolated, we just consumed like, come on, like, what did you binge watch a bunch of TV sh- shows this year, Carrie? 
Oh my god, yeah, of course. <laughs> would you? Been? It's like when, it's you, like in what. I want to say it's in one ear, out the other, because, like, I moved to Florida. I, like, lived uh-huh. in Santa Cruz for the summer. Like, I did so many things in, like, the physical world because all of a sudden I had freedom. So I actually haven't been living in, like, my little isolation bubble as much as other people might be or, like, you'd think because I've been, like, just, like, taking the fuck off, you know? I don't know. That's been my experience. So it's been very, like, physical reality in florida by the way they're not abiding by any of the same rules i don't know what it's like in texas like is it like that oh yeah no it's and it, it and honestly it's kind of nice um the uh you know it, people are not socially distancing in, in amarillo there's definitely no doubt about it i mean for a lot of people it's kind of like nothing ever changed you know <laughs> except maybe people aren't paying rent or something like that but you know like i mean people are still going to stores you know, like for for a lot of people, like COVID doesn't exist in Amarillo. Would you agree with that, Matt? I can't even get into how much I agree with that and how much it depresses me. Multiple times in the last week, I've had to be like, no, I'm not going to get together in a group to eat with you. Like, are you like, I, I mean, like, I'm just like, and like, we're going to give you, we're, we're going to have like a little donut party. I'm like, are you stupid? I just like, I can't, like, I don't know. It's like, it's tough. Um, it's tough. And I just want to be like, everyone wants to pretend like, and here's the thing. Most like, there's a lot to consider, right? Not everyone, like you're not, you're just doing your stuff. Even at change levels, like maybe you're not thinking it all the way through. Mm -hmm. And how are you supposed to be better than average when average is like, I don't care to eh." like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I I just, yeah, some people, I mean, mask usage is up, which is great. Like, but it's not, but so is like hospital death counts. And I've got two people in my life who've lost a husband and a mother. And, and that's just Ooh. two deaths I know of in the last seven days. And like, I, I, and, and it makes me just furious. Um, and, and I just, I, I mean, I haven't even, I'm talking about it out loud now in a way I can't process. It. I'm going to cry. Cause I just, I'm so angry. I'm just so mad about it. Like, it's just, it, it was needless. It was just so needless. When you look at the numbers from other countries, so needless. And well, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I think it. this is a hard time for our species. I think it's hard, and I think that the, the the missing socialization. I mean, like, I think we're all three extroverts here. I think pretty pretty hardcore extroverts, you know. Like, and I mean, right. it's it's not good to not see people, you know. Like, and so I feel like it is so important to be. Careful, you know, like, and to and to make the calculated Darwin, though, risks Darwin, that you gotta, can make, you know, like. A, but Darwin, I gotta calc- I gotta cut in here because, yeah, but they're having outdoor music festivals in Australia. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could have done a a period of this better and be living differently, even maskless now before the vaccine, and we screwed every last piece of it up because we couldn't be disciplined. And because we didn't really want to be disciplined. And, and we needed a federal government that could pay people to stay home. You know, like that's, the, I mean, that's that's what was needed is in a lot of ways. It could have. It know? could have. It literally prints the most valuable <laughs> currency in the world and it did not do it properly. Instead, Joel Olstein got $4.5 million for his stupid church, um, which is insane. And I guess he's right about the prosperity gospel. So you just give him money. And he'll get 4.5 million and you'll get 1200 and it's great, right? Like that's, if you just give him money, don't give it to a stockbroker. Don't give it, to, just believe that if you give your pastor money, you will get money in the future. 
because mm. that's how the world works. And like, I'm tired of it. I'm just fucking tired of it. Well, I mean, you know, on that note, I mean, like it, it does, it definitely must feel really amazing to, to have the open ocean as kind of like oh, a, a cure amazing. for this, you know, like the opposite of being, being like cooped up. You're out there in coral reef, you said, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I feel really fortunate to be able to do this one because definitely because of my job. And like, also when I left California, I mean, as you know, it's so locked down there. And so, uh, you know, I, I was taking a huge risk to drive cross country, you know, and I was like being as careful as could be like mass Purell, like just everything. And once I got here, it was like a whole world of difference and people don't care. And like, I live in a building with all these elderly people and it's like almost like a code of conduct. They're like, no, it's cool. I don't care. I'm like, well, I fucking care. You're old, you know, <laughs> like I care, you know, it's That's just so weird. I, I, yeah, like you, the interaction of like, you know, like you go like, in with a mask and then like, do you, do you, you know, like, <laughs> by the way, we have one of our most ardent people on Facebook who I'm not going to, he doesn't want to but like, he has been in the hospital. He might be out today. He's been in the hospital for over a month with COVID and he, he's not more than 10 years older than us, you know, like, and like, that is just truth. And it just sucks. And like that could happen to any of us. And thing is, honestly, on some level, that's worse than death with the way our medical system works for insurance and like lack of and not being paid. Like, you, you know, it's just, I, I can't, I can't. Well, this angry. is actually one of the, the best cases for both sides of the aisle to like get on board with socialized healthcare because obviously like all the poor people that aren't getting like proper care are jeopardizing the rich people now. So it's like, yes, if you had socialized healthcare, then everyone would be more safe and protect your loved ones. Right. Yeah. But who, you know, who cares? <laughs> Fuck Forget it. Just, it doesn't matter. I do think that they, they, you know, like that's, we're in this new paradigm, as you say, Carrie, and, 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 and perhaps there's an opportunity for us to all kind of like learn to trust one another. And I think part of that means taking care of one another and taking care of each other, you know, financially and, um, you know, like in terms of healthcare. I mean, it's certainly I, the, the, the problem with communism in all always is that you can't you can't have a society that grows and, and, and acts efficiently with its resources if you just take everything from everyone and try to run it from the top. But there are obvious way, ways that our government could help. And I think that simplifying our healthcare system is clearly one of the very low-hanging fruit things that we well, really ought to yeah. do. Well, okay. One, like, what's that saying? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, communism has never worked because it's like there's it's an oligarchy. But what you just kind of blew my mind with is that, like, right now we cannot trust our leaders. So, what was happening in '29 when that that article was written? It was right before the Great Depression. So, like, you know, I'm sure people couldn't trust their leaders then either. But um, right now, no, no one can trust our, our our leaders. And thanks to Trump, we can't trust our fucking media. So, what can we trust? We can trust each other. My, this might be like the positive side of this peer the peer authority versus ex expert authority is like we can actually start taking care of each other for once and i like to look mm -hmm. at at europe and i like to look at germany actually in particular because i think after they had all these reparations for fucking up so badly during the holocaust they've actually done a great job at taking care of their people you can't be homeless there they pay teachers well they have universal health care they were the ones taking in all the refugees like germany is like doing something right right now and i think they're like 
like a good, and, good example. And yet it. they still, and yet they still need to actually like they've they, and yet they still have come fallen victim on some level to a little too much of our mindset on austerity. I think even when they're being generous, they worry because like Hitler spent a lot of money and that they can't do as many public works. Like the, like they need some new trains in Germany right now. You know, they need to spend more of their GDP and they're getting and like, and that needs to happen for them. But like, when you talk to them about that, they worry like, well, that's how Hitler came to power. And like, literally it becomes a problem. Um, whereas, you know, they, cause they did correct. They corrected for a lot of problems. And they did take care of people. But like when you talk about it now as Europe's going to come out of a depression or going to be in a depression like we are, like the the economic worry is that they're going to, and as they've been for the last 30 years, unwilling to spend any debt, right? They need to be in some debt. Like the debt for a federal, for, for the European Union and them isn't a problem. It allows stimulus. And like, I hope Germany can lead through this next crisis in Europe. I really do. Because I, I think that they... They do. They've, they've learned. They're a country that learned from its mistakes. Now we kind of forced it. Like, yeah, you can make I mean, an argument. Right. Sometimes you need to be forced to learn from your mistakes. Well, and I, but, I, was this enough? Yeah. Was this enough? Like between COVID, <laughs> you know, like and the George Floyd protests, and then forever there's going. You know, Trump is going to be the guy who couldn't. You know, couldn't process the fact that he lost an election. I mean, that's how he's going to be remembered. And that's how his entire movement is going to be remembered. And they're going to be upset about it. But eventually, I think they're going to come back into the fold a little bit. We'll cascade into new crises and everything. But is, is, is are we going to mature from this? Or are we just going to go down? Let's mature. <laughs> so on the maturing versus vengeance um, note, like it's very hard for me not to at times go in on the F your feelings back uh, basic idea at this moment <laughs> when I see people get it, you know, saying like, I, I got so much of like, your feelings don't matter. <laughs> Just cry harder, snowflake, like all that crap. <laughs> and like two wrongs don't make a right. It wasn't nice when it was done to me. We should not do it back. <laughs> But I have trouble. I don't know if y'all have been there at all. I mean, yeah, fuck your feelings. Fuck your feelings. <laughs> fuck your feelings. You, we won. We, like, somebody said to me on Facebook, it's like, you're just trying to bully us. I, I'm like, beating I'm like, you in an election is not bullying. In fact, it's the opposite of bullying. Bullying would be if you go outside of our constitution that we all have. Like, why do you think Trump is president? For, for the same reasons that Biden is now going to be president because he won an election. And by the way, and this is yeah. really nice, in the end, Joe Biden got two more electoral votes than Trump because there were two faithless electors in 2016. So we did just barely beat him in the Electoral College. <laughs> wow. Yay, yay to slave math and making sure that we keep counting populations that way and voting on land. Like, sure, we should come up with a system that was part of counting people with three-fifths of a person for slaves was a real idea that we took seriously. Like, that, I, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I can understand having the Senate be a land part, of, like a an entity and land situation, but no. Like, I have to stand equal with people in California and South Dakota and we don't right now. It's wrong. It's just wrong. I, 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 I don't know. Grant over, but that's, that's where I'm at with that. Freaking electoral college. Ugh.
Well, go, Carrie, it's the well, you know, like when, when you come back on in, in six years, um, it's going to be 2026. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, President Kamala or Pence or, yeah. you know, like something like that will, will be upon Don us. Like, Jr. what do you think it's going to look like in six years or 10 or, or, you know, like give us your, your predictions. You are, our, uh, our expert at these types of things. Oh shit. I don't know. Like I, I would hope that our society is a little bit more egalitarian. Like one thing I keep encountering like out here in Florida. Well, uh, let me revert back to what I was going to say earlier about the formula for Fox news is like this spread of disinformation is like really formulaic. Now I've been like kind of keeping up with it. And it's basically like take the facts that were like stated in whatever New York times fact checked article. And then like, say something really tangential that has nothing to do with anything and then like follow that a little bit and then like spout data that has nothing to do, you know, and then like uh-huh. us arm, arm people with like useless data yeah. to just like throw at your face. And I've heard a lot of, a lot of, um, well, talking about the BLM movement and stuff like, Oh, well, white people get killed by the cops too. Just like fucking like red herrings and shit that have nothing to do with racism and, or like the topic at hand. And I just, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. Look, so- teach a man to fish for red herrings, and he'll never need real food again. Okay? <laughs> like you real fish again. You know, like it's, I, I worry that I just solved what we did. Damn it. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I feel like that's that's so prevalent now, and that's what I'd like to see. Like we're fucking moved like because it's like okay well racism doesn't exist sexism doesn't exist are you fucking serious there were slaves in this country only 200 years ago like <laughs> right? shut before the fuck Barack up. Obama was yeah. elected we were all worried he was going to get assassinated <laughs> and the country was too racist to elect a black person and eight years later we act as if it's all fine racism yeah, like, are you kidding me like oh, come on man like I just it's it's brutal. It's brutal. It's so brutal. And even with, I mean, like, as actually six years ago, Darwin, like, I was so, like, bushy-eyed and bright-tailed. What is it? Bushy-tailed and bright-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> I never, like, encountered, like, sexism. But six years, you know, later, I'm, like, working with the big boys. I've been working with the big boys this long. It's, like, I've uh-huh. never really encountered it except in my professional life. And it's gnarly. It's fucking gnarly. Yeah. I actually, like, had an ulcer at the beginning of the year to, like, counteract oh, some of the shit that I had to, like, just suck up you know and it's fine like i'm doing it i've got the resilience i'm still i'm still kicking like it's all good but you know like no sexism is not cured either like these things fucking exist and so like in six years i would just like to see like an e more egalitarian approach to leadership and i don't know what that's going to look like i think it i would love to see it more community-based because because that's like connectivity that's kind of like what's on, the only thing that's making sense we're clinging to each other instead of the higher up so i would love to see that work in a positive way it's going to be different i don't know what it's going to look that's like. awesome mm-hmm. i hope you're right i hope you're right 100 i you know and, and it's like kind it. of funny because like you know i i i've been saying this to matt and i, th- I think it was completely true i, I feel like trumpism you know it, it was so much of it was about race but really, I think it was more about gender. I feel like this was like a like it it, it was like men versus women <laughs> almost in this yeah. election, and in many ways, that's what Trumpism well, is to me. Men. Well, yes, it, I mean, yes, you know, and like and right. immature women. It's like I, I feel like it, right. and that, like it was like, not, like there were like, mature men and mature women, but those were not who were really fighting the voices. And I, out I, I feel like we're, we we can be hard right. on men sometimes. I think our culture, and I think that that's the part of it is like. Do I react to the to you saying that, oh, I have encountered sexism, which is a fact. You just said it, right? You know, like, okay, so sure. do I react to that by running to the ogre who's who's denying all of it? 
Or can I take that in, think about it, but also be my own person? Because I feel like that is like there's this massive insecurity crisis. I feel like men are experiencing uh, like when you say, OK, well, I have encountered sexism. Well, I've encountered struggle. And how do I merge that reality so that we both win? Right? Yes, how do I how absolutely. do I make it to where you don't encounter sexism anymore? Or at well, least do what I can. You know, yeah, to... it's not it's as an ally, like that's the whole thing about allyship. It's not your responsibility to to like solve it for everyone, but it just takes a secure man to accept like, yes, other men are doing this and like, you know, maybe like I can acknowledge my own bias, but like, you know, I can just also stand strong and say that's wrong and not be participated in it. Same with being a white person. Like my my aunt works for Black Lives Matter and I've learned a lot of about how to talk about race and how to talk to other white people about race and stuff like that. And a lot of it, there's like, yes, there's a huge guilt, but it's like, if you're not participating, you could stand there and be like, no, fuck that white person. Like I'm acknowledging that racism exists. Like we all have a part to play and I'm going to do my best to continuously learn and counteract it. And like, you know, that that's what's needed to make change. And like, you, we need strong men to be like, no, sexism sucks. And like, we're going to not participate in that. And like, you know, Fuck those people. So, um, okay. So it's a great point. Someone else made a podcast to listen to uh, the higher learning podcast. The guys, uh, they had their parents on and the guy's a federal judge, African-American, one of the first federal judges in Texas appointed. And he's talking, he's like, I feel, and this is sort of an old school way. He's like, I feel like I have an advantage in some ways as a black person because I know how to make white people feel comfortable and black people feel comfortable. White people have no idea how to be comfortable around black people. Like most of them have no idea how to be comfortable in those rooms or anything like that. We haven't, and, and they're not always expected to, you know what I'm saying? And we, as people need to start expecting ourselves to learn how to be comfortable and communicate and be facilitators. And, and, and part, of that, part of that means being yourself. So yeah. you, you, mm -hmm. you hear yes. people, you hear people talk about racism. You hear people talk about sexism. You learn from it, but you don't imagine them to be like, I feel like this gets back to the expert thing. Like, you you kind of like can be like in, in 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 the parlance of our culture like if you're black then you're kind of an expert on racism if you're a woman you're kind of an expert on sexism you know like you are like like we we kind of like it, it like and i feel like that almost like you put it on this pedestal where like you you're you're kind of it making it difficult to relate to another human being sure. if there's so much like like if 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 you if a thought pops into your head of like well that doesn't sound like blah 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 then you don't want to hang out with that person anymore and i feel like that's what's happening in trump world is like they they, they don't know how to like go in and communicate and 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 hold their own and potentially disagree with people and say hey you know what i don't think that's racist or sexist or whatever like the, the point is, like, unless you engage with it, you're never going to learn. And the reality is you're yeah. probably wrong because obviously there can, is a lot of sexism and racism and, in America. And can I close on one apology slash clarification <laughs> of Darwin of an argument we've been having for a long time about cancel culture? <laughs> and it's not that I think he's – but I think a lot of what he's talking about when he says that is that. It's the way liberals dismiss other people and progressives dismiss other people without even acknowledging their thoughts because we think we are superior we assume we are superior and now i think cancel culture started as we're going to stop having jackasses be on college campuses and then it's been used as a tool but i also think the thing that has seeped out is a level of superiority and getting claps for being dismissive and derisive and we have to stop that yeah i don't want to label that cancel culture but i think that's a lot of what you've been talking about darwin because i think we just have to be kinder mm -hmm. like it's it is it is a problem and because 
you're not right. You may be smarter than the other person. What the hell does that mean? And know that everybody what struggles. Know that everybody's like, like yeah. when you when you understand that everybody struggles, then you you will like. If there's one thing, like the Me Too movement wasn't ever, all men are rapists. It's hey, there's this trend that we yeah. like, like that we as men could right. comfortably ignore. You know, and yeah. and and, yeah. and yeah. that's just that. You know, like and so like I, I think that like obviously any kind of critique is going to have a backlash of the critique, and sometimes the backlash of the critique is right, and that's why you need individuals who care about each other. You know, it's like I don't like the the term ally or allyship because I I, I feel like allies will inevitably let you down. What I like is friendship. Because if you are a friend to somebody, if I'm your friend, Carrie, if I'm like, you know, then yeah. if you, you are. are encountering a trend, if, if something's happening to you is making your life suck, then I yeah. should care about it. And I should want that to, to, yes. to go away. I, I, well, I should yeah. care yes. about what friendship, your experience is. Friendship involves truth. Yes. yes. Allyship doesn't always. <laughs> and like, I, I think allyship could be reformed to where it involves truth and conversation. But friendship, true friendship revol- involves truth and conversation. There are not that many people I trust to tell me when I'm wrong. You know who I do trust? Darwin Carlo. <laughs> I may not always agree, but I, I listen. And like, that's friendship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's and we don't have that right now. And if allyship encompasses friendship, then that's where I think we got to be. Because man, like you got to have to hear someone else's truth, to be able to be told you're wrong because you. But you, you don't even have to be wrong. It's just because somebody yeah, that or, somebody that looks like you or, or you know is like you could be wrong, but it doesn't mean you. Yeah. And I I right. I, I, I like this because well. I just think that we, to create like equity in this world, we need like group conscience. And so like as white men, sure, you're beneficiaries of a system that this is how I've been like structuring it in terms of like the larger scope. It's like you're beneficiaries of a system that oppresses, you know, people of color. So like that should be enough responsibility to get all white people on board because you're benefiting from this system. But like on the, on the microcosm level, like, yeah, allyship doesn't really feel like so like close. You want to be able to have that trust. I agree. And like, I don't know, like I think cancel culture like stemmed from this like fucked up, like uh, polarized time that we're in right now. It's like basically my mind, me too. And black lives matter were response to Trump and like this, like dictatorship that we're kind of in countering so it's like trying to find like a like the like in the hobbit you know like the the kink in the armor i think like those were like attack direct attacks trying to get at him and it didn't work you know and so i think cancel culture was just like the force behind it Uh but i don't it's unhealthy it's so counterproductive it's like antifa and shit like it's just like any extremist yeah it's counterproductive because it, it it undermines the individual. And at the end of the day, our individuality is more true of us than our race, our sex, our, our you know, like sexual preferences, any of those things are less important than individuality. And on some level, I can't relate to a person unless I can kind of push back on them a little bit, right? You know, like that's like, like you're denying people that clash if the second somebody engages with you and says anything about like your allyship is wrong, then like you, you say, well, that's sexist. Well, no, it's not, you know, like, or or if it is, if it is okay, you know, like then I'm wrong. Like I say, I I have been racist and sexist in my life. You're supposed to wrestle, you know, (laughs) you're supposed to wrestle with each other. Like you're supposed to wrestle with God. You're supposed to wrestle with one another. That doesn't mean your person is pinned and killed and we don't do it anymore. You don't have, like we're a bunch of, we're allowed only children or separated out. Kids aren't allowed to wrestle. And like, yeah, is there a problem with physical aggression when it goes to become toxic masculinity? Sure. But is wrestling important? Yes. 
and on every level of the metaphor i've got a role because i'm like but but i mean i thank you for being on on my Gary. like i, I you've just yeah been, thank you uh, let's get you on a couple yeah. more times like i yes, I, I mean yes, i sure. i love this carrie I, I hope it hasn't been too scary for you yes too scary no, it's great. It's <laughs> yeah, right. yes it was all so right. fun thank you guys Lofty Darwinism! Lofty Darwinism, everybody. See ya. Thank you.